Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Hope of Righteousness, presented by Pastor Floyd Sola, on April 10th, 2018. Can we give God a hand for this wonderful worship team? It's a, such a wonderful reminder of how important we are to each other in the body of Christ, how, how when we walk in unity uh, in, in God's spirit, how we walk together as Jesus Christ would have us to, um, just the joyous moments we get to celebrate together. And uh, so this morning, I, I'm very grateful. Well, this morning, grab your Bibles, grab your iPads, your iPhones, uh, open up Facebook if you need to. Just kidding. Uh, let's, let's jump right into it. We're going to be in the book of Romans. We're going to continue in this series. Last week, we talked about the heart of hope and the hope of Easter, which we know is Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus is our hope. And we just sang a song about that. And so this morning, we're going to continue in this series. And really what the book of Romans is telling us is it conveys to us the righteousness of God. It gives us a picture of the God that created us. And it helps us to understand what God did and why he did what he did for us on that fateful day that we celebrate every weekend. Not just every Easter, but we celebrate it every day, every week all of our lives as believers. And so this morning, we're going to look at the hope of righteousness, which comes from our Heavenly Father. And we're going to celebrate that today and be thankful for all that He has for us. So first this morning, what I'd like us to do is define the word righteousness. Have you heard that word? I am righteous. Pretty righteous, bro. Yeah, we've used that term a lot. But we don't always understand what, what it actually means. I know for me, maybe not for you guys, when I hear a big word, which I like words, and I know there's others in here that are really good with some of the big words. I know what they mean, but I don't really know what they mean. And so I have to look it up on dictionary.com and all the good resources that we have. But I want us to talk a little bit about righteousness this morning and what it means. And it just simply means this, to behave in a moral way, to do what is right, to live in a right way. In essence, to be a good person, right? I want to ask you this morning, are you a good person? Yeah, are you a good person? Do you know maybe some good people in your life? I know I do. I think my mom's a good person. I think my wife's a good person. And uh, every now and then I think I'm a good person. Yeah, I think we do, right? We, we think we're good and we, we, we see the goodness that, that not only we do, we see the goodness that other people do in this world and, and we celebrate that, we praise that, we thank God for the goodness that we have in this world. Well, if we're really going to have this hope, then we need to focus in on the goodness of God, the, the righteousness of God, and get a, an understanding of what true goodness means. Now, I, I want to ask you this morning, I've got this little thing that I borrowed from somebody here, and I want to ask you, um, would any of you, do any of you need this right now? Any of you want to wear this, put it on right now? Do you feel like you need a, a life jacket right now? You know, most of us would probably say no, unless we're silly and we want to kind of play along with the game here. Um, but most of us would say no, right? Because when we think about a life jacket, we look at it and think, well, we only need that when the waters are rising or we're in deep water, we're out on a boat, and we're fearful of something. We need to be saved from something just in case, right? It's a, it's a sense of security 
It, it's an item or an object that we look to to save our lives. Well, I want to offer to you this morning, it's no different than God's righteousness. See, God has given us something. He's offered us this gift. He's offered us his righteousness, this, this life vest to save us from something. To save us when the waters are rising, when life gets hard, when life is good, when we think we're good. God has offered us a way. And he's offered it to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning as we read in the book of Romans chapter 3, we're going to read some very very sharp, poignant words here. Words that might kind of bother us a little bit. And I hope they do. I really do. I hope that the first few passages us, makes us think this morning about who we are. But we can never lose hope because of who God is. And the last few verses really give us a good descriptive of God's righteousness, His goodness, and how wonderful He is. So before we read that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the love, the hope, the faith, everything that you give us, Father. Excuse me. <coughs> Lord, we, we thank you that, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we celebrate that this morning. We, we praise you for that. We thank you for the love that we find in Jesus. Lord, we pray that this morning as we open up your word that, that you would speak to us, Father, that we would hear your voice. That, that the tension that we wrestle with in things of life, that, that we would seek to, to discover the hope that you have for us, the goodness that you offer us, Father. And I, I pray this morning that uh, we would take steps to move towards your goodness, your righteousness. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the life you give us. Thank you for the love you share with us. Thank you for the family of God. And I pray that you bless our time this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to read in Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 10, and then we're going to read through 26. There's a lot in here, but I think it's important we take the whole uh, portion of passage here and look at it so we have an understanding of the context of what God is doing and what God is teaching us here. So starting in verse 10, it says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And then in verse 19, he says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now... The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift 
through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation, an atonement by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Well, there's a whole lot to absorb in this passage, but I'd like to kind of just focus in on a few verses. But before we kind of move towards the the hope of righteousness, I think we need to talk a little bit about this this little three-letter word that starts with S. And and because this word that that we use sometimes in circles kind of is offensive to us. Sometimes if if we say we have it or if we say that it's out there, it can cause us to kind of shudder a little bit. And we don't like to use the word very much. And the word is just simply sin. Sin. Sin is a part of our world. Sin is a part of our lives. Sin is something that we deal with daily in our humanity. Sin is something, as God's word has just told us, that that you and I, we all deal with. But it's something that I think is important that we talk about and understand. So what what is sin and, and what does it mean to sin? Well, sin is just simply anything that's in opposition to God's will. Anything that is in opposition to what God teaches us and how we should live. And when we sin, that means we just are living in opposition. We're opposing the righteousness, the goodness of God. In James 4, 17, it says, For whoever, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. See, the Bible is very clear what sin is and what sin does and what sin brings. And believe it or not, we all have sinned. I have to tell you, Mother Teresa, she was sinful. She sinned. Billy Graham, he sinned. He was sinful. Pastor Floyd, believe it or not, I've sinned. See, the Bible teaches us that all have sinned. And the word all, when you translate it from the Greek, just simply means all. Everyone. No one's left out. So we have to understand that sin brings a consequence. Sin brings something to this world that God never intended to have. And in our sin, we are disobedient. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I don't get that. Well, how does that bring hope? How does that bring hope of of righteousness? Where's the hope in that when you say that we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God? Well, that's where the Bible teaches us that it's not because of our goodness, but it's because of God's goodness, His righteousness that we have hope. See, in our passage in verse 20, it says, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. Since through the law comes this, the knowledge of sin. See, it's important for us to understand that sin brings knowledge of God's righteousness. See, in our weakness, we realize that we need a savior, that we need a life vest. We need Jesus Christ to save us. See, and the intent of God in exposing our sinfulness isn't to make us feel bad. It's to make us feel desperate. Desperate enough to wrestle with the question, how can a person be righteous before God? 
Have you ever asked yourself that? I want you to turn with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. And everybody knows the John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But I want you guys to see what it says in verse 17. Because sometimes we forget about this. Sometimes I think because we kind of look at our own goodness and we end up falling short in that, that we forget about God's intent, his righteousness, his goodness. See, in verse 17, John 3, 16. Let me get there, sorry. You guys are faster than I am this morning. He says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, there's the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, the life preserver, the life jacket that God has sent for you and I to save us. There is his righteousness revealed to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And when you and I, when we acknowledge that we need a savior, it's the beginning of the reality of the hope that God is offering us. And we see it being offered us through the following things. See, the hope of righteousness is revealed in God's word. In verse 21 of our passage, it says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. See, it's gaining insight and understanding of what the Bible teaches us from beginning to end. And this only happens when we read God's word. It only happens when we seek to discover what God has for us, the life that he's offered us and the life that he wants us to live. But sadly, many people have have put a false hope in the world around them. You know, there's times when when I hear people say, well, well, you know, I don't think God is this or I think God is that. And you ask yourself the question, well, well, why do you think God is this? Or why do you think God is that? Well, I just think he's that. I, I just think that, you know, if, if, if he's God, then he should be that. See, that, that creates a false hope because when we don't truly have an understanding of who God is, we can never say who God is. See, and if we want this hope of righteousness, the goodness of God... We have to get into God's word and discover who God is. And the Bible teaches us that. The Bible shows us who God is. You know, there are many who are are Old Testament, kind of lean towards that, and and some that will say, well, the the Old Testament God that, that I hear and read and see, you know, it's just wrath and doom and gloom and all that good stuff. But it's not that. The God of the Old Testament is the same same God of the New Testament. See, it's a God of love a God of grace, a God of mercy. He is a righteous and just God. And we see that all the way through God's word. We see his constant pursuit of his people. You know, the book of Judges, if you've ever read through that, it sees, you see God judging all these these tribes, all these people. But in that, you see God's relentless love, his, his desire to draw his people closer to him. The Exodus story. You see how God saves his people from persecution, from captivity. 
And not only does that, he brings them to a place and he takes them through the wilderness and they wander and they wonder and they think, where is this God? Doesn't he love us? We should have just stayed where we were at in our sin and in our depravity and all that stuff. But God says, no. He says, I have something greater for you. And then he uses this prophet Jeremiah. And it's a famous verse that many of us say and use, Jeremiah 29, 11. And God reminds us, he says, you know what? Don't worry, I have plans for you. Plans to prosper you. See, when you read that whole passage in context, you see that the, the people were sitting on the outskirts of a city that was beautiful and pretty and nice. And they were still wandering and wondering. And they started to complain because they didn't understand who this God was. They didn't know this God. And God sent his prophet Jeremiah to remind them, hey, I'm the same God that I was yesterday. I'm the same God that I am today. And I will be the same God tomorrow and forever. See, he has plans for each and every one of us. But we have to get to know God. If we want this hope, of the righteousness revealed in God's word, then we have to understand who this God is. I love what it says in Matthew 6, 33. It's a familiar verse to everyone. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. Grace and peace, hope, righteousness, everything God will give you if you seek him first, if you love him first. See, and this righteousness has been made clear through Jesus Christ. It's not something we have to wonder about. It's all right here in God's word. Isaiah 53, 11 says, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. He shall bear the sin of my people. See, from Genesis to Revelation, we see the hope of righteousness. It's all there, but it's up to us to discover the truth. It's up to us to take the time to look at God's word. And not only is God's righteousness revealed in his word, we see that the hope of righteousness is revealed in God's grace. Verses 22 and 23 and 24 of our passage, it says the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. There is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace. See, we're justified by God's grace and it's a free gift and it comes through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but I need grace. <laughs> I need it every single day. I struggle. I wrestle with emotions. I wrestle with life. I see hurt. I feel hurt. I need God's grace. See, and I love the fact that, that God loves me for me, right where I stand, right who I am. God loves me. And there's nothing that I can do or say to change that love. His love is, is a free gift. And I believe with all of my heart, his grace is upon me. Even though I am a sinner. 
even though I fall short, even though I have missed the mark. See, but God, he doesn't call me by my sin. He calls me by my name. And I hope you know that this morning, that whatever you're struggling with, whatever you wrestle through in life with, whatever's going on in your life right now in this moment, just remember that God calls you by name, that God loves you, and his grace, it is upon you. It is with you. And it's simply for the fact that God loves you. Not because you're good enough. Not because you're great. Not because you come from this background or that background. Just simply because he is God. And he is righteous. And when I was younger, I did a lot of really dumb things in my life. And... Uh, I had a, a several moments where, where I, I faced pretty much death. I was on the edge of it a couple of times. But I, but I remember every moment, every time as I look back and think about those, those moments when I experienced that, when I came to this place where I realized that I needed a life vest, where I needed to be saved because I was at a place where I couldn't do anything on my own. I had the power nor the strength or the smarts or anything to get myself out of this situation. And I, I remember just, just crying out to God. I just remember just reaching my hands up in the air and just saying, God, save me, help me. And each and every time, and in part to what my mom's done in my life, and I know I've shared this with you, but it still resonates to this day. It reminds me to this day. God spoke, he spoke to me just in my ear. I just remember hearing this passage, you know, that Jesus says that I came to give, give you life and life more abundant. See, the devil promises us death. Whether you realize it or not, our sin leads to death. The Bible teaches us the wages of sin is death. But Jesus came so we can have life and life more abundant. See, this morning, God is offering you and I life. He's saying, follow me, seek my righteousness, live within my righteousness, not your own goodness, not your own righteousness. Live in mine. And I'll give you this grace. I'll give you this love. And I'll give it to you through my son. See, that's justice. That's God's justice. See, this is what God is offering us. He's offering us the hope of righteousness revealed through his justice. See, we have a just God. And, it, and he's paid a price that you and I should have paid but because he loves us so much, he's offered us this. Listen to what it says in the last couple of verses in our passage this morning, 25 and 26. He said, whom God put forward as a big word. I always hate saying this because I never say it right. I just put atonement next there to make it easier. That Jesus atoned by his blood. He paid the price to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, his goodness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. Do you hear that? Do you hear God speaking to you right now through that passage? 
See, it's, it's you putting your faith in Jesus Christ. It's you trusting that Jesus came and he atoned for your sin. It's your acknowledgement that, yes, I am a sinner. Yes, I, I'm not good enough. There's nothing that I can do. As hard as I would strive, as, as much as I would work, there's nothing that I can do because this gift of grace is a free gift. Remember, our, our passage says, no, not one. Not one is worthy. Except for Jesus Christ. Except for our God who is righteous. See, God is merciful. He is gracious. He is compassionate. He is righteous. But also, we have to understand and know that God is wrathful. And he is just. And there is a wage for our sin. And that wage is death. But see, what happened is that Jesus came and God nailed him to the cross and he put all of our sin upon Jesus. Jesus took the weight of sin and he buried it on the cross that day. See, that's God's wrath. That's God's justice. See, God did something for you and I that you and I could never do for ourselves. So I want to ask you as we close this morning, and I just want you to just think about it yourself. I just want you to think, are you ready for that life jacket? Are, are, are you tired of trying to be good and, and fall short? I just want to ask you, do you, you want to take upon God's righteousness for your life? Well, if the answer is yes, then simply all you have to do is turn from your sin. You know, because remember, whatever is in opposition to what God has for you in your life is your sin. If you're living in disobedience, then you're living in sin. If you're doing the things that, that God says not to do, then, then you're living in sin. And the Bible is very clear. The wages of that is death. And it's an eternal death. Sin is something that's hard to talk about. It's hard to think about. But as believers, we have to think about it. We have to talk about it. There is hope. And, and I hope you hear that this morning in this passage. I hope you, you see through the murk and the mire and all the, all the, the muckiness of sin and, and, and through that you see Jesus. You see the cross. And you're reminded that it's God's righteousness. It's the hope of faith in Jesus Christ that gives us life, that brings us life. And it's just up to us to grab onto that life vest and put it on and never take it off. To hold on to that. Well, I want to close with this last passage as a reminder of the hope that we've been offered. The heart of hope. And it just comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. It says, In this love, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, God loves us. He loves you right where you are. And as we sing this last song, I hope you're just reminded of that love. I hope this morning that, that you take the steps to move towards that love. And remember, it's not your goodness. It's God's goodness that draws us in. It's God that seeks after us. It's God that has pursued us from day one. And he'll never give up on you. He'll never leave you, nor will he forsake you.
Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for your love. We thank you this morning for your grace. Lord, we thank you for the reminder that we are not good enough. But Father, there is hope because you are good enough, Father. You are good enough. You are righteous. You are holy and you are God. And your love, your love and your grace is what we desire. Your love and your grace is what we rejoice in, Father. We thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to pay a price that we could never pay. Lord, and you did it not to condemn us, Father, but to save us, to save us from our own sinfulness, from our own foolishness. Lord, I pray this morning for every one of us, Lord, that you would soften our hearts to this, that you would help us to see clearly Lord, that we would open up your word and and discover who you are. Lord, that we would seek grace and mercy at the foot of the cross. Father, and we would know that you are just, that you are kind, and you are full of mercy, and your mercies are new each and every day. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And thank you that you've forgiven us and you've washed us by the blood of Jesus Christ. We love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.